Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters, and thank you, Nanachimura and Akudapa, for that song presentation. Brethren, shall we turn in our Bibles to John 16? So as you've heard already, the title, Do We Overlook the Acts of the Holy Spirit? In John 16, reading from 4, But these things have I told you. That when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, Thither goes thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I Depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, that is to say the comforter, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak
Sorry, I missed something. Let me. So I am 12. Okay, let me pick 12 again. So I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. However, when he, the spirit of truth, that is the comforter, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take off of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take off mine and declare it to you. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, is giving a short promise to us, starting from the immediate disciples, about his going away after the resurrection to the Father, back to the domain where he was, and we are going to be left on earth. But because he made this announcement, people are not comfortable. Oh, at least we spent some years with you and you make it that flat announcement that you're going away. And he said, because I'm saying this, you looking sad, are you sorrowful that you're hearing me going back to the Father? Well, it's in your own interest that I go. Because until I go, if I do not go, then... The comforter, the spirit of truth, is not going to be in you and living with you and working with you and guiding you and empowering you. You need that. But the difference is that when I go, then I and the Father, we're going to send down the spirit to you. And if you read um, chapter 14, he spoke about the Spirit. Chapter 15, he spoke about the Spirit. And then chapter 16, he spoke about the Spirit. In chapter 14, verse 18, he says something. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Between his departure... And the time that Christ comes again in his glory, that in between, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. And the interesting thing is that because probably the translator had translated the paracletus, or what, how it's said in Greek there, as the comforter, it appears to me that the absence of the comforter, they translated that as comfortless. 
But actually the word there is orphanos. That is to say, I'm not leaving you in other translations what as orphans. So I'm going to send a different entity, a different part of us to you. And that by virtue of the spirit of God with you, you're not going to be orphans. So that is the thing that I'll make sure it won't happen. I will leave, but the comforter is going to come. And when he comes, you will not be left to your own devices. You would have direction. You would have care. You would have comfort. You would have power. You would have leadership. So, that comfortless word there, everywhere else, it's actually translated fatherless. Which from the Greek, if you push it straight into English, or finals, I'm not going to leave you orphans. So, it is very, very, very important, brothers and sisters, that we never see ourselves as orphans. We're not in an orphanage. Because we have care. And the caregiver and the caretaker in this sense is the Spirit of God. And so, the, the, the goal in all this presentation is to, to just emphasize. I'm not saying teaching it because this is something that we have come across it in the scriptures. But to emphasize that promise that we have in the spirit of God because Christ in his person here and everything he did, he's gone. He's gone back to the Father. There is a relationship we have with him. His word is also here. But he himself underscored the fact that I need to keep you in the care of another entity of us. Belonging to me and the Father to make sure in this walk after my departure is going to be fruitful. It's going to be successful. It's going to be empowering. And it's going to be and a sense of purpose and direction. So, we need to have that re-emphasized. And then we need to also begin to appreciate the work of the Spirit among us. Because if we agree... If we don't, then that's a different story. But if we do agree that now, in our time period between now and the glorification when Christ comes back, we are under the direct guidance and empowering of the Spirit of God, then we need to understand clearly how we interact with the Spirit of God. 
And we need not keep any blockage of mind of a Trinitarian principle in our head to block us from understanding how to interact with the Spirit of God. Because that's not what it is about. But the, the power and the spirit that God has given us, how do we interact with that spirit? Because that is all we have in the sense of Christ saying, I'm going to send the comforter. So you have to analyze Christ's statement very carefully. That I'm gone. Don't be sorrowful. I'm going to keep you going. How am I going to keep you going? I'm going to have to bring the comforter. And there's a lot said about the comforter. This is the spirit of truth. The world doesn't know about this. But you will know because it's going to be with you. And there's so much we can say about the spirit of God. It is the earnest, the deposit of our very existence. The walk that we walk, we have to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Bible says, if the Spirit of God is not in us, forget it. You cannot say you know the truth of God, all of it, every word, cover to cover, and not have the Spirit of God in you. The Bible says, you're none of it. It's simple. There are some things we don't debate it. You, can, you, you can't take everything you understand and know and be part of the family of God. God has to relate to you by his spirit. So it's very, very important that we begin to grasp fully and intentionally the acts of the Holy Spirit among us. First, you need to recognize it in your personal life, and we need to recognize the work of the Spirit within and among the community of believers that we are part of. Brethren, As a member of the body of Christ, growing up in the church of God, our brand, I know that we, we're very comfortable, very, very comfortable to, to, to say that we know God's truth. And that's just truism. We know it. That's true. But we, we're very comfortable in acknowledging that. The same way, just as we make that acknowledgement, how much comfortable are we able to publicly proclaim that we are led by the Spirit? And I'm going to give you a couple of questions. If you're in a conversation and one of your brothers said, or sisters said, quote, God revealed all this truth to me when I first started attending church. Is this statement going to sound any awkward to you? Probably not. God revealed his truth to all of us. And especially when we had the relationship with his people. 
Now, what about if the person said, oh, quote, since I've been here, I mean, worshiping with this community, the Spirit told me that what I have been studying here are all true doctrines. The moment she said, the Spirit told me, <laughs> really? The Spirit told you? What did from my own experience and in my own background, the second statement is kind of make me kind of start thinking, oh, he said the spirit told her or him. We're not used to that kind of language. The spirit told you because we will start asking questions. Where did the spirit talk to you? How did the spirit talk to you? Did you really hear the spirit talk to you? I mean, but if the person God taught me, everybody's okay. God teaches us. That is the part that I'm asking the question. Do we overlook the acts of the Holy Spirit? When we look at the book of Acts, and it's been called the book of Acts of the Apostles, which um, has been explained, and I truly share that, that is truly the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because everything that's going on is not man doing anything. As a matter of fact, the men in the process were so afraid sometimes. But it's the Spirit of God that empowers them. And it's the Spirit of God that is actually orchestrating everything and doing everything. So it's really and truly the acts of the Holy Spirit. So I will quickly let us see a few quotes from the acts of the Holy Spirit. And of everything you accept in the book of Acts, how do you think about these statements when you just read them? Acts 8.29 Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to his chariot. This is in reference to the Philip and the Ethiopian Enoch. Acts 10.19 and while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. He's in his room. He fell into a trance and he said, The Spirit said to me, This is what's good. And when he actually he went, it was true. There were people looking for him. How do you relate with this scripture do you overlook it as something going on as 13 2 as they ministered to the lord and fasted the holy spirit said so then separate barnabas and saul to me for the work to which i have called them Acts 21.11 
And when he was come unto them, he took Paul's girdle and bound his waist, sorry, his own hands and feet and said, Thou said the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that own this girdle and shall deliver him. Acts eleven twelve. We're going back. And the Spirit bade me to go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. So we're talking about um, the the. Um, we, we're going back to um, the story carrying from Peter. Uh, sorry, this would be anyway. Let's continue on Acts 11.28. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great death throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius, Caesar. Uh, 16.7. After they were come to Mycenae, they assailed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit did not allow them to go. When you read these scriptures, do you just read them fast and not stop what was happening? How were they interacting with the Spirit of God? Brethren, I'm sure you would debate some of these scriptures in your mind. You're just being real. What you cannot deny is that something happened. How it happened, how it manifested, yes, let's debate it. But you cannot deny that something happened. Just like the, the elders admitted about the healing that happened in us. They said, well, we can forbid these guys from speaking, but the fact that something has happened, that one we can't deny it. Because everybody has seen it. We can't deny that these things happened and the Spirit of God interacted with the body of Christ in a manner that they understood something. As something that they should do in a particular manner. Not doubting that the Spirit of God was directing them to do something. And the question I'm asking is, do we overlook these acts of the Holy Spirit? You know, when Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit, he said, there are things that he would take from us. And show it to you. There's a lot. That was at stake. And look at Agabus. Agabus said there's something really going to happen. Dearth is going to happen. Agabus wasn't relating to the church. Only 
by way of saying, okay, brethren, if we look at the law, the law said this. Here, he's getting something to relate to the brethren. How do we relate to this? Is this only a first century phenomenon? That they live with the, with the spirit and then we do not have to live with the spirit until Christ come? And are they had it in a measure that they did what they have to do relating with the spirit and then they wrote what happened for us and then it stopped. So we only have to read what how they reacted with the Spirit of God. Do we have the Spirit of God? Is the Spirit of God working with us? How does the Spirit of God interact with us? How do we understand the Spirit of God when it's working in our midst? How do we, how comfortable are we to say, to come to you and say, Oh, London, the Spirit told me to see you today. Landon, you sure would not hear me say this to you. At least not in the next few years. I may have to get to a point where I really am comfortable about what I'm saying. Because there are people among us that will start questioning you. What do you mean by what you're saying that the Spirit told you? Or the Spirit spoke to you? Who are you? But would that happen? Will God reveal anything? It's the spirit of truth. If the spirit is going to reveal something that's not true, that's a different, totally different story. But would the spirit of God tell you something? And if the Spirit of God told you something, let's say, Brother Jan, for this congregation, would you come and tell them? And say, the Spirit of God told me, brethren, that we need to do ABC, which has no contradiction with Scripture. Would you tell them or would you come and say, brother, I, I think we need to do this. That is where the overlooking comes. And I'm not saying this in any way doubting that the spirit of God is not working among us. No. I believe strongly with everything in me that the spirit of God continues to work in and among us. But we may be overlooking it. Because... We either explain it differently and put it in either some research, put it in either in a some contest that makes us feel comfortable, other than acknowledging that, acknowledging that the Spirit of God is at work. You know, God has something for everybody. He may not use me the way he will use you. He may not use you the way he will use another person. But the fact of God's Spirit leading all of us is not a question of a gift. That you're the one that has the gift that God's Spirit should lead you, direct you, 
or make you understand something. It's for everybody that has the Spirit of God in him. God leads you. God directs you. God explains things to you. God reveals things to you. Revelation is not just about trying to reinvent something and make something come that we have never known. That's not what it's about. Revelation comes also from the understanding that you receive even in the written word. But it could be something that has never been prophesied. Nobody said it. Like probably what Agabus said, it, he may be, it, we don't have a, a, a full thesis of everything that he said, but he presented a caution, a warning of something that was ahead. Some men wanted to do something, but the Spirit said, no way, you're not going nowhere. You're not going. You may have purpose that you think it's the right move to do, but the Spirit forbade them, stopped them, say no. The Spirit was explicit in saying, these are the two men that I want you to set aside for a particular work that, for which reason they have been called. There are some specific directions. It's interesting that in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul, in talking about the order that has to be in the church, said something, repeated it, and how do you interact with it? 1 Corinthians 14, 6, and he said, But now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will it profit you? Except I speak to you either in revelation or in knowledge or in prophecy or in teaching. Look at all the different things that potentially Paul could do that will benefit the congregation, which he is using as a standard for order. In the congregation. Revelation. Paul has a lot to say about revelation. And you can deal with his own experience. What he said revealed to him. And all that. So what was he talking about when he said. In revelation. Then he goes to 26. He said. Then how is it brothers. When you come together. Each of you has a psalm has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. So these are different things that Paul underscored that could happen in the congregation. But the question I'm asking is, if somebody said, I have a revelation, how are you going to interact with it? What is that? And what has been revealed? Are we going to tie the person there and say, you must be reading First John chapter 2? 
what, what is it like when the Spirit reveals something? What would it look like? And then the last he said was in verse 30. And he said, if a, if a revelation is revealed to another sitting by, let the first be silent. So Paul, in this order, he said, if somebody gets something different, if something is revealed, using his own words, then we expect some order. What is that kind of revealing? Where is that coming from? We know God, the Spirit of God will show us things. Brethren, what I'm proposing or what I'm emphasizing is that there is no good reason for us to overlook what the Spirit of God does. And I've already mentioned the fact of something that we know is wrong should not stop us from knowing what is right. The fact of what people say about spirit all out there, brethren, I am aware, terrible. They say things spirit said, spirit not said anything, or the spirit that said that thing is not the spirit of God. Because if we only speak, we're talking about spirit that speak, of course, there are other spirit in this same book of art that speak. It's not only the spirit of God that speak. Other spirits speak. So what I'm saying is not to, to try and miss anything. But let us interface with the spirit of God very carefully. Because that is what is guiding us, helping us in this time period. To give us that sense of experience and what God wants us to experience both in his word and in every situation that we go through. And to finish it off, I just want to reiterate, when you look at the title, do we overlook the acts of the Holy Spirit such that we may become uncomfortable with the operation or the acts of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life and being able to talk about the Spirit of God in our day-to-day vocabulary Question, what did the Spirit of God tell you yesterday? Did the Spirit of God tell you anything? When was the last time the Spirit of God spoke to you? How did it happen? Has the Spirit revealed anything to ever reveal anything ever to you? Have you shared anything the Spirit has revealed to you to any brother or any sister? Did you acknowledge the Spirit for what was revealed to you? Would you rather say God directed you or the Spirit directed you? I'm asking these questions because I would rather that we go through these issues 
and come to some understanding that we can work with other than me probably saying oh this is what it is this is what which potentially we can disagree anyways so brethren in our private readings and studies of the book of acts especially as this congregation has done very well in studying the book of acts let us not gloss over some of these acts and i picked these ones because they are more direct there are a lot of things that god directed through the holy spirit that is not direct but these because it's the holy spirit is in the subject direct so it it, it stands very strong for you to consider them but there are many many more and i hope that with these we would be able to come to terms with what the spirit does among us and in our midst because we need not be afraid to acknowledge that god's spirit does in fact work in our midst thank you this has been a podcast from the burlington congregation of the church of god international we hope you are blessed by it to find out more about cgi burlington visit our website at cgiburlington.org.